Hello, and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, is the man who insisted our coverage of Reacher Season 2 in this episode be called The Reacher Round, Mr. Shane Beauregard. How are you, sir? (laughs) I'm doing well, buddy. Glad to be on the mics tonight. Yeah, sorry to everybody for, you know, not being on last week. That is mostly my fault, all my fault. I forget uh, the uh, nah, the exact division life there. Life happens. Life happens. Uh, prior commitments, apologies, all that jive. Uh, but glad to be back. Uh, as usual, watched a ton of stuff, you know, so you guys won't be bored. Uh, at least in this episode, we will be covering uh, Reacher Season 2 up top, but we also will have a good solid six pack a chunk of streaming movies to kind of cover uh and give our thumbs up thumbs down on those as well so but let's start right up top man like we were anticipating this big time uh between the trailer loving the first season reacher season two is finally upon us right at that nice time of year where i can use another show I fe- did you feel that absence like you needed something like yes. where we have a couple, you know, we're going to probably talk about the end of Fargo and Monarch uh, as we get into the new year. But I know I'm losing a show with uh, a murder at the end of the world and especially a show like this, Shane, we just needed like a palate cleanser. You know what I mean? I don't need a heavy drama. I don't need a, a mystery. I just need someone punching through a windshield and choking some dude out. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. I need the same thing, man. Yeah. If anybody understands that, it's you. I was telling somebody, somebody, uh, when I said what we were covering this week, they were like, oh, this is a Shane episode. I'm like, nah, man, this is this is the Venn diagram. This is where Shane and I meet, uh, you know. Yes. Senseless violence uh, with giant human beings. So that's what we do. So, Shane, give it to me straight, man. Now that you, you're actually ahead of me because... I, I am. I had the experience, uh, and this is my ignorance, I guess. I won like a well, one. I got like an invite through my email to go to an Amazon Prime event for Reacher season two, uh, but it was the first two episodes, and I thought that was all they dropped. Shocked me today to find out that it was three. <laughs> so you're a little ahead of me on the game, but uh, just real quick before we get into the review and your thoughts, of course. I want to say the experience was fun. They gave us a free little, uh, uh, what do you call it, carabiner, like those type of things you hook onto your keys yeah. that says Reacher on it. Uh, they, you know, obviously we got to see the first two episodes ahead of time. I did it a couple days before the premiere, and the crowd was inter- into it. I was, in- <laughs> I was very interested in what kind of crowd this was going to attract. What is the Reacher audience? Uh, it skewed a little older. And I was surprised, but I shouldn't be, Shane, that there was a lot of hooting and hollering ladies in there just, you know, beaming at the sight of our man, Alan Richmond. So, yeah, that probably doesn't shock you, right? No, he's a mountain of a man, man. He's like built out of fucking granite. Yeah. I mean, Alan Richmond, I I don't know, man. He gets he gets bigger every time I see him on screen. And obviously the big screen just adds to the effect. But. It seemed like from the reaction of the audience and my own, I feel like, what was your remembrance of season one? Because the reason why I bring that up is because I feel like season one started out a little slower, too. 
Like it didn't get like kind of like more humorous and like a little more fun and upbeat and faster. It got faster as the season went along. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. From what I remember, like the first episode came out swinging. You're right. It gave you the action right off the bat, and then once he got to the town, it kind of slowed down a little bit until like he started uncovering stuff. Yeah. So it came out the punch, and then it kind of died down, and then it kind of built back up. Is from what I remember, season one being. Yeah, I remember something pretty similar, but I also feel like they just set a tone so much earlier, and there was something about the small town thing that it's just a different type of vibe, especially with that like one cell prison that, that you know the the one man drunk tank whatever uh type of setup they have and it's interesting with this one because it's so much more polished and so much more serious uh it seems uh right up front that this one seems to take a much different tact and that's what i think i kind of felt from my own feelings as well as the audience that it was like first episode serious setting things up getting the band together Episode two, much more of like, okay, now that we have the team, we can kind of play a little looser, and then that's where it gets a little more fun. And obviously, you could speak to episode three, but is that kind of where you saw it going to? Yeah, so far. Yeah, so what are your general impressions then? Like, So uh, that's how I felt. You know, It's a much different tone to start, but I think they're finding their footing again. Yeah, it's definitely like a bigger world we're playing in now. Correct. Obviously, yeah. being in the New York City and in Jersey and Atlantic City and all that stuff. But I will say, I know I'm only three episodes in, but man, I'm digging this season, I guess, because I like the team aspect a little bit more. We get to know a little bit more about his military career and yeah, how he put his team together and how cohesive they were, which I loved all the flashback scenes they were doing mm-hmm. with that. And I, I'm telling you, I just like the team dynamic. So, so far, I'm enjoying this season a little bit more than I did the first season. Because the first season, again, it was just kind of him, right. right? But now we're kind of learning more about his background plus his team. So I like that aspect. I like the ensemble cast. I do. But he's still front and center with this show. I mean, you, you know, you can't help it. Right. And it does hit you with action right off the bat, like the opening scene with him in the small town, with the ATM machine and all that stuff. I love that. I forgot the actor's name, but the, the detective we run into, I, I like that whole scene where he like deploys the guy's ear back. <laughs> so, I mean, so that's episode three, though, a, right? That's where I'm in the lurch here. I, I thought that was two. It could have been three. I thought that was episode two. So maybe it was three. Two kind of ends when they're in Atlantic City and they take out those dudes who are trying to find them and they're working with the head of security, but n- no detective, so to speak. Unless you're talking about. The one who was kind of like following them to the house. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, they just yeah. yeah, they just destroyed that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's the guy I'm talking about. Okay, but no, the action the action pieces are great. Um, I like the O'Donnell character. He's probably my favorite secondary character. The guy with the brass knucks and the knife. Yeah, that, that helps him along. I yeah. like that character a lot. Yeah, but this is a show like this right up my alley, man. This is a show that makes my pants explode. There's no other way about it. Like this guy. I, I want to see him in more action films and not like the John Cena type of action films. I want to see him in like heavier action stuff because I think he could pull it off. Right. Like this guy is one of my favorites, man. Like, and he's still a relatively unknown because people are like, oh, what's he been in? I'm like, well, he was Hawk in the Titans show for a little bit. And then he played Raphael in that Michael Bay Ninja Turtles movie. Right. But that's. Well, unfortunately, he was in know, Fast X, that poor bastard. But I did feel like. Oh, yeah. He he right. didn't have much to do, but it was nice to see him. 
That's yeah. right. He was in there. I totally forgot about that. Good call. Yeah, he kind of. But no, I'm, I'm loving Reacher so far, and yeah, yeah and it makes me uh, look forward to uh, you know Fridays now, man. Like I go back and forth because this is Amazon kind of pissed me off because the first season of Reacher, if you remember, they dropped the whole series at one time. Yeah, Boom. yeah. all eight episodes. Right. And then I was kind of pissed that they were drop. I didn't know they were dropping them weekly. I'm like, well, they know they got a hit on their hands, so exactly. now they're just gonna like slow play it now. So. It's all good. I got something to look forward to on Friday. So, but so far, so good, man. Yeah, same. Uh, you know, it is nice to have at least a familiar face come back with Maria Sten's character, Francis, that, you know, was from last season where she came in towards the tail end of that season to help, right? Uh, and then uh, Sorinda Swan is gorgeous. I love how they got to that real quick. Oh, God. Yep. <laughs> so, and then, you know, I don't know if casting is term spoiler, but you know, cool to see Robert Patrick back. Even you know he was in. Um, yeah, he looks brutal. Uh, if that's what you're oofing about, but uh, he yeah. uh, he was just in Peacemaker, obviously, and now it's cool to see him in yet another project that we like. So that's cool. But yeah, we'll we'll see where this goes. Uh, you know, not a. I don't know a time. I don't know how much they get in in episode three, but. I'm liking it so far. I like uh, the like the team aspect of them getting kind of clipped off and figuring it out and kind of making it more of a a mystery. Last season was a little more aggressive and small townish, obviously, and and it's definitely a much different thing. I'm not saying I like this season more yet. I'm still waiting, I guess, to to see kind of exactly where it goes. But I'm definitely in. It's exactly what I wanted, you know, and the more that it plays more fast and loose, the more I like it. So I'm just hoping it doesn't get too up its own ass for a show that they should know what they have here. Because even though I know they're going off the books and everything, I don't know how strict they are to the books. And we'll see how that goes. Because, you know, people have uh, in the past, Tom Cruise tried to make a stab at this and got it kind of a little off base, a little bit different. Plus he is very different. This, you know, we've spoken about this before where this is the type of reacher I want. So, yep. um, but we'll see. I- I'm in, I- I'm very encouraged by the start. And like I said, kudos to Amazon prime for having us at a Cinemark and doing yes. the theatrical experience. That was pretty cool, man. I got to admit uh, to do that. Plus they gave us like a uh, free uh, popcorn. So they know how to treat a girl. You know what I'm saying? I felt, <laughs> I, I felt very lucky to be there and uh, had all my stuff. So it was good, man. I appreciate it. So now that, you know, we're past the reacher point and we have a lot of uh, films to cover here. I had another excursion besides uh, the movie theater experience with Reacher uh, where I went to go see the new Zack Snyder movie, Rebel Moon. Now, my full review uh, for what's on Netflix.com will be coming out on Friday when the movie comes out. But you've obviously seen the early reviews on it. And I think to summarize our interaction, you said, hey, man. Saw the saw the reviews. I know you're on your way there. <laughs> Sorry, man. I saw it's a uh, 24% Rotten Tomatoes, and I was like, "Oh, it went up," because when I saw it, <laughs> it said 14, and I'm like taking the train into the city to try to go see this thing and spend all this time, and I'm like, "Damn, Zack Snyder, you bastard!" <laughs> now, you know, I I don't know your feelings on Snyder. Like, I'm 
fine with him. Like he's kind of hit or miss. I liked him more early on than as his career has advanced. But where do you sit with Snyder? Yeah, I'm hit or miss with Snyder. I like the old Snyder, but you know, no matter what with uh, Snyder, you know, visually you're going to get something. I I, I like him Mm. more than I hate him. If that makes any kind of sense. So like the 24% does not scare me off. Right. Cause with him, I think it's going to be, not a lot of substance, but a lot of sugar around it. Yeah, you know what I mean? For sure. So, and that's okay. Like, I like movies like that. It's fine. We'll, we'll see. Like, but again, I'm more up than I am down with Zack Snyder. Well, I'm here to tell you, Shane, this movie's not going to help. <laughs> this is definitely a down for me. I'm just uh, debating in my head before I write the full review of how far down. I'm going to be and then incurring the wrath of the true Zack Snyder diehards that will, you know. Oh, God, they're out there. Yeah, they are. Because uh, trust me, I covered Army of the Dead in my last <laughs> podcast uh, and, you know, definitely heard some things because uh, we were. I thought we were pretty fair about that. I, I'm not, I don't hate Army of the Dead. I was fine with it. And I actually liked Army of Thieves more. So I'm glad they kind of me too kept the universe a little bit. But. Rebel Moon, he tried to make... When people said that he was trying to make his version of Star Wars, I didn't realize how much he was just like, yeah, I'm just going to do Star Wars, but I'm going to make it terrible. How's that? Um, Because that's basically what he did. Like All his influences uh, and winks and knots. If I told you the plot of this movie, Shane, you'd be like, so Star Wars? Or you would be like Star Wars mixed with like a hint of Dune, like I guess, you know? And a lot of people are saying, oh, it's uh, Seven Samurai, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Lucas used to make Star Wars. He combined using Seven Samurai and the Hidden Fortress and a lot of like certain Kurosawa uh, influences and then made Star Wars. And then Zack Snyder's like, cool, 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 cool. I'm going to use the old influences, <laughs> the new influences, and then make a watered-down, pointless version of all your stuff. Is that cool? Um, <sighs> so, ah, this one comes out on Friday. Well, late Thursday. I think they're actually doing it like an earlier release, like 9 p.m. or whatever. They're doing it so people can watch it Thursday night. But no bueno. And thank goodness that this is part one of two, Shane. <laughs> Uh, a lot of people I like in it too, like uh, Charlie Hunnam and uh, Digimon Hansu. Uh, you know, uh, he's he's in the movie as well. I like him, Corey Stoll is in the movie. There's a lot of like good people in here, and, and Anthony Hopkins does a voice role, uh, so that's interesting. Carrie Elwes is in it, and it makes like it really stands out of like why the hell is Carrie Elwes here? Uh, Michael Huseman. Cleopatra Coleman uh, in the lead, I guess, here is uh, Sophia Butella. Yeah, she was in the Kingsman in, um, oh, yeah, yeah. in the first yeah, one. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, I like her. Yep. yep. But yeah, so she's fine, but I don't think she's a lead. It might also be the material, but it's it's odd that, you know, this movie, it just, they have so many characters that they, you forget some of them are there. They have like a, you know, a pseudo stand-in for Han Solo that they're like, wait, 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 we'll just do a random twist. But they basically do the whole Mas Cantina scene, but like as like uh, kind of like an almost like a Western bar, but that's exactly what they were cribbing with Star Wars in general. So again, it just feels like an echo 
but it's 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 got it's way too convoluted and it doesn't fit anything like there's you can't there's no like bumper sticker line of this movie where i could just be like it's about this and this you know something real quick you can't but if i just said to you yeah it's kind of basically star wars she's uh you know there's a rebel crew going up against a larger thing that is basically space nazis you know um literally which where i'm like this is a futuristic movie but this guy's in a shirt and a collared shirt and tie and like a military uniform what are we doing like you're not even trying at least like you know george lucas made the stormtroopers which is exactly what they called the nazi people you know uh armies the stormtroopers that's where he got it from and then at least put them in like fun uniforms and real set design and you know whatever this movie felt cheap even though it probably costs like a shitload of money for Netflix and I, I just I don't get it but right now if you want to see how much trouble I'm gonna get in it's got a 6.2 on IMDB but a 32 meta score so you know that Oof. number is only gonna go up when the Snyder heads start bombing IMDB and being like this is amazing and I can't wait for part two okay you do that buddy you do that <laughs> um so that was my excursion to the city. It was nice sightseeing, but the movie uh, lacked appeal. Um, and then, of course, if anyone's interested, I have my written review for Chicken Run Two or Chicken Run Dawn of the Nugget, uh, as it were. It's up there. It's fine. It's okay. It's like a you know, if you're watching with your kids or whatever, and you like the first one, it'll be fine for you. You know, it, it won't shake anything. But I just thought it was a little less inventive and a little more actiony and a little more simple this time around so it didn't you know bowl me over so if you're but if you're looking for something to watch with your kids or whatever go for it um and also maestro if you're listening to this it comes out um this wednesday if you're listening to this on the day of release um and i've seen the movie twice now shane and i'm willing to say that it is probably the best netflix movie of the year now i I okay. don't know your mileage right. on Bradley Cooper or if you're like if you're into Leonard Bernstein, I feel like that's probably the the lesser thing for you and I. Uh, you know, where it's like, yeah, I know the musical West Side story, I know the basics, but you know, the life and times of Leonard Bernstein, I'm not up on that. So any of this was brand new. And you know, Cooper nails it again. He's two for two. A Star is Born was really good uh, as far as his directorial debut. And then Maestro is also very good. A lot of performance-driven stuff. And they keep it very uh, narrow in a sense of like they concentrate on uh, Bernstein's uh, marriage and the relationship cultivated with that with Carrie Mulligan, who plays his wife. And obviously it's, a, it's an interesting story that it blends his his marriage but also the fact that he's also gay and and that he carries on these relationships on the side and plus his professional career and having children the whole messy arc of their relationship but it's still just a in the end it's a beautiful emotionally power-packed movie that really like got to me i've watched it twice i i teared up at the same spot twice in the same thing so Oh, wow. The, okay. the final act will kick your ass. So um, that comes out, like I said, on Wednesday. My review will be out on Wednesday as well for what's on Netflix.com. So check that out. But Shane, 
we have three other films here for uh, our streaming little six pack. First and foremost, before we get to some of the maybe more streaming specific ones, you watch God is a Bullet, which is now on uh, PBOD. And this is a movie that I've been egging you on to watch because literally this is a you movie, even though it's two and a half hours or close to, which I was just like, okay. It is. Tell the people the plot of this movie because you know damn well that this is you to a T, let alone the casting, but the plot. Give it to him. Okay, so the plot is, uh, I'll read this right from IMDb, taking matters in his own hands, Detective Bob Hightower tries to infiltrate an evil cult to save his kidnapped daughter and avenge the murder of his wife. If that is not a Shane plot, I do not know what is. Am I wrong? Right. You would think think so, right? You would think so until I started this movie. God damn it. Don't do this to me. Yeah, I know. I know. The acting was fine. You got Nic- Nikolaj Coaster, whatever. Yeah, Coaster Waldo. Waldo. Right. Yeah. Plays Bob Hightower. Game of Thrones, everybody. Uh, the rest. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jamie Lannister for people exactly. who don't know. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Right. You got January Jones. You got Jamie Foxx in here for a little bit. Uh, Ethan Suppley, which is good yeah. to see. So the cast is fine, right? So, again, the setup is he plays – Bob plays a, a paper pusher – the uh, police officer in this small town, and I'm assuming California. And then on the night, his wife again gets killed by the satanic cult that infiltrates his ex-wife's house, kills, kidnaps the daughter. So knowing the police aren't going to do anything, he teams up with uh, Casey Harden in this movie. He escaped the cult at the beginning of the movie, and she's in rehab. So she agrees to help him track down this apparently traveling nomad of a satanic cult. With the help of uh, Jamie Foxx, who plays the uh, ferryman, mm. who helps the cult out as well, but he kind of sends them on their way. So this movie is them tracking down and chasing this evil cult. Um, <laughs> the way they portray Bob is like he's a, he is he's a he's a pushover. And he is a desk jockey, and it kind of shows in this movie. Now this movie is based on true events right. of Bob Hightower, right? And as I'm watching this movie clip along, because it's a very slow paced and slow. Just a slow movie in general, yeah. right? You you feel the two and a half hour runtime okay. in this movie. Like this movie could have been edited down to like an hour and 50 minutes and been okay. fine. I so, did have that fear. Through this movie. I did have that fear. Yeah. yeah so through this movie, they're tracking them down and the, the Colts kind of playing cat and mouse games with them. They could have killed both these main characters off like numerous times, but for some reason just left them alive. Yep. Like just in playing with them and it kind of caught up with them at the end. The last act of this movie is great. Like if the last 30 minutes were like the first hour and a half, I would have given this movie like a big thumbs right. up. Right. The guy who is in charge of the cult is uh actor. Carl Glusman plays Cyrus. He was perfect. Like the cult was okay. great, but there's, there wasn't a lot of action. And w- there's a little plot twist at the end that I won't ruin is why the cult was at his ex-wife's house in the first place, which made no sense. Mm. And at no point did he avenge his wife in this movie. It was about all. It was about him just trying to find his right. daughter. So, so he just right. like ah, whatever. Yeah, that was she it. She had a good run. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. The plot twist made no sense. And honestly, once he found his daughter, they didn't show really any interaction of them together post cult rescuing her, which I thought was kind of yeah. weird. They turned it into him. Having a, an attraction to the uh, Casey who helped him, 
that, that whole character sense, dynamic. Yeah. But her, she was great. I don't recognize her from anything. Mayaka Monroe, I've never seen her anything, but she was great oh, as Casey. I know her. No, she was great as Casey. I, I loved her in this movie. So them two together was was perfect. But dude, it was just too slow of a movie, and I had trouble with it. But man, the last half hour, man, whew, was great. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. And by the way, I th- I so I, un- just to get back to Mayaka Monroe. I thought you liked It Follows. Oh, is that yeah. where she's from? And then she also, uh, okay. I forgot whether it was you or Chris who also watched it, but uh, the movie The Watcher, or excuse me, Watcher, uh, it was like a small movie that was like a thriller. Yes, yes, okay. Yeah, yeah. So she she was the lead yes, in that okay. too, and I, I liked she's her from, from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, she's great in this movie. Like the casting is fantastic, but you, again, my problem with the, was the pacing. It was just way too slow and for no reason to be honest with you like there was no reason for this movie to be paced out as long as it was so i was i was disappointed because this by what you said at the top you read this plot and you're like just give it to shane i got watch so it, excited to it. send it all on to you i was just like come on but i felt like peter griffin because they do say the name of the ha! movie in the movie so yes <laughs> they, they do yeah. explain it so like ah there you go they said the name they said the name nice <laughs> but no it, and it was for jamie fox it was a different weird character that he played which i think he was just having fun with that type of a nomad He's been doing character. that lately just kind of doing pop in cameos yeah. just be a weirdo for a little bit now i'm here for it to be honest yeah, and yeah. he was yeah and he was definitely a weirdo so I would say watch, but proceed with caution because you do feel the two and a half hours. Of so speaking movie. of two and a half, is that where you land? Like two and a half, three? Where are you? Uh, yeah, I gave it a two and a half. Cheating, Andrew Cheat Code, I would give it a 2.75. Yeah. But uh, because of the length, I gave it a two and a half. I couldn't get it any higher. I hear that, you. Man. So I was a little disappointed. In no, this I movie. think we should do, Shane. Uh, I think we need to get uh, new T-shirts made. <laughs> Where it says Andrew cheat code, but it's like the Konami code, like <laughs> like it's like up up down down, but it's really just quarter stars. Like I'm Ed right. McMahon, yeah, <laughs> star searching it. Um, but yeah, but was it worth the two ninety nine? Yeah, I would say I'm glad I paid two ninety nine. And to see it. and you know, doing I would it be mad if I went to the right. yeah. If I paid theater price, I would have been pretty upset that I saw this. Yeah, the for sure. Well. Thanks for at least you know now I have the uh, the bear of entry uh, for for that because I was excited I've tried to watch it multiple times uh, you know I had it on the watch list for a long time so it's good to know that I could probably put that off until the new year and or maybe watch it over the uh, the holiday break where I have a little bit of free time so good to know on that one you also watched the family plan. Uh, which is the new Mark Wahlberg movie? That's on Apple TV Plus, right? Correct, Apple a- Apple yeah. TV. Are you yep. just standing for Apple now? Like you're you're watching Monarch and you're like, oh god, there's other stuff here. Is that what you're doing? Well, it was kind of hard to miss this one because I finished Monarch and it's like they, they're highlighting this movie, right. obviously. So it's like yeah. right there. I wasn't feeling well. I was like, you know what? I got time. It's a harmless yeah. movie. Hit play. Let's and? go. And that's exactly what it was. Yeah. It was fun. You know exactly what you're getting. He plays uh, uh, an assassin on the run who's married and has two kids or three kids. They don't know his background until it finally catches up There's to him. There's so many of those up movies, in Buffalo, man. New York. I, like, 
There it, is. What was the, uh, I'm, I'm blanking is. now. What was the Bob Odenkirk movie? It feels like we're in like a like a whole like Mr. Nice Guy oh, or something. No. What the fuck was the name of that movie? Nobody. That movie that came out a couple years ago. Yeah. I feel like we're in a in yeah. a like a, just a bubble now where it feels like between Netflix has probably had a few of these in the movie theaters we had, you know, studio movies we've had version of this. It's like they they all keep going with the post John Wick but now doing it more like suburban and funny versions. And yeah. and this is where you and, go. And that's what yeah. this was. Yeah, you got Michelle Monaghan playing his wife, yeah. who's yeah. hot. And she yeah, and she was fine. You get Syrian uh Hins, who was also in Game of Thrones. But you get Maggie Q, who I like to see mm-hmm. on screen. So, you know, he's he's taking his family from Buffalo and knowing his cover's blown, he's like, let's take a trip to Vegas, surprise trip, because he's the normal guy now and he has routine and you know taco tuesday and all this kind of stuff and he's being spontaneous with his wife yeah. and through this whole road trip from buffalo to las vegas he's trying to uh invade these assassination attempts on him but you know you know what you're getting with this movie but it was fun the cast worked well together i thought they all had chemistry you had a couple good laughs and mark Wahlberg, say what you want because i'm hit or miss on him he can carry action and he's funny as well so it's a harmless, harmless watch. I think I gave it a three, to be honest with you, because I've seen worse. Sure. Like, them two together on screen work. Right. And the kids in this movie are, are, are fine. I, I like them as right. well. So I gave it a three, man. It's a harmless, good, family, fun, orientated okay. movie. That that works too, you know. Uh, maybe I'll put that on the watch list. You know, maybe once I get yet another cold this winter, uh, that's uh, that'll be the same route. <laughs> that that should be the bumper sticker. Are you homesick? Watch Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> there it is. That's yeah. Exactly. That's on the poster right <laughs> exactly. now. Um, last movie we got for you. I, I I would assume if you watched this, you were also a fan of the series, much like I was. Mister Monk. Adrian Monk is back in our lives for Mr. Monk's last case, a Monk movie, and that is on Peacock streaming right now. What was your relationship to Monk? Did you watch the whole series? Was this a big show for you? Because again, if you're if you're talking if you're talking about like shows that you put on, you know, on a lazy Sunday or you know, uh, you're sick and you're doing a marathon of a show. This is one of those shows. This is one of those like I can watch a marathon of and absolutely love. And I just love these characters. And I was psyched for this. So you were the same deal with this one as well? Yeah, man. I, I Like you said, I love the monk. This is when USA actually had a lot of series going on at one time. I think this ran concurrently with Psych. Yeah. So like USA was a network people for a little bit. Um and this was like one of their main anchor shows. And I love Tony Shalhoub and I, I love the whole setup. I love his character. So I'm glad they kind of did a movie. We'll talk about it because whether it was good or not is another thing. But we'll get Monk into it. Monk walked so Psych could run is how I feel about it. I know it's a little yes. obnoxious because I think they're both equally as good. But Psych is one of my favorite all-time shows. So it's a, it's a little bit different. Yeah, Though, absolutely. and you seem to be tipping maybe in the other direction, I think this movie is better than these psych movies that they've already put out. But I'm glad that this exists because, you know, Shalhoub's getting older where I don't think this is something to where he can make one of these every year. I don't think it's that type of character anymore because of where he's at in his life. And I enjoyed what they did with the plot because of considering 
where he is in this stage of his character's life and his own life. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, it follows Monk, a brilliant detective with an p- obsessive compulsive disorder, just like you know the, the show that was on for many, many seasons. <laughs> he returns to solve one last case involving his stepdaughter, Molly, a journalist preparing for her wedding. And she is involved with a journalist as well uh, who was uncovering kind of like a Jeff Bezos character. And yeah. uh, exactly like a yeah, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, one hundred percent like a Jeff Bezos. And shock, it's on Peacock, not on Amazon Prime. Everybody, um, you know, I mean, it would have been anyway because of uh, ties to NBC Universal with the show. But um, this movie, I, I enjoyed it, man. Like I enjoyed it, like it was like a long episode of Monk. It does. I I said to you this off air. I didn't expect certain aspect to it of how serious it gets. And how his mental state is at the, this point. But I did love that a lot of the people from the original show are back. And, you know, in kind of like really funny ways to, to re-enter. And I liked uh, who played his stepdaughter as well. And I, I enjoyed that dynamic. Is it perfect? No. Was there going to be anything? No. But I also like the fact that, you know, it. anytime there's an episode with Monk that had to do with the Trudy case... It always was like a very special episode, and I feel like this just followed in those footsteps, and I was I was on board. So I, I, it sounds like maybe you were less on board, but I'm curious to see what your thoughts were. No, 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 I'm on board. I'm on board. I was just trying to tease it, but no, I like seeing the original cast together because they had yeah, everybody, everybody in this movie. I like James Purfu- uh, Purefoy as the Jeff Bezos yeah. character. I always liked him on screen in in the shows and movies, so I really liked it, man. I laughed at the part where Randy reconstructed the Lego <laughs> bridge that. and he his theory with the <laughs> with maybe they put hydraulics yeah. on the bridge and he was short lowering. It was great, man. But like you, I didn't expect the heavy handedness of his state of mind, which I you know, when you go back and look at it, they talk about the COVID where he's in his house for two years. So I would get especially with his O C D where he would get right. that way. But, man, it was heavy at times. Like, oh, man, they're going for some, like, yeah. stuff here. And so much, in fact, they put a, uh, not a disclaimer, but, like, a maybe phone like number triggering. at the end of this show, you know? Um, yeah. Or, like, if you, if you need help, yeah, call this number. So, I mean, it goes there, but it fits his character. It does. With the, the Trudy stuff and the COVID and his OCD, yeah. it all is aligned. And like you said, it's an hour and a half. And it flew by, to be yeah. honest with you. It went pretty quick. Uh, I like the way they ended it. And um, I'd probably agree with you. Is probably I don't remember all the psych movies. I think there's three now. But it is probably better than two of the three psych movies. Yeah, I think uh, it depends on what you consider, quote, a movie. Like, I know they tried to make Psych right. the Musical almost like the first unofficial movie. But I think they have, like, two uh, streaming ones, and they might be working on a, a third unofficially or whatever. Okay, a third so. one. Okay. No, but this is a solid entry and a nice closing point with this character, Adrian Monk. So I'm glad I watched it. Like you, it was like, I need something to watch before I go to bed. I'm still not feeling well. You know what? Boom, hour and a half. If you're a fan of the Monk series, this falls right in line with it, man. And you'll get a blast from seeing all the old characters. Yeah, together. and also a very... <laughs> bizarre uh but fun appearance from richard kind too <laughs> when he plays uh the twins in the funeral parlor um 
I I, yeah. I love that too. So um, yeah, it just works, man. It's got a lot of sentimental uh, pieces. Uh, the the moments with his psychiatrist, I thought, were also very like a, a blend yeah, of like good. really heavy, but also like just yeah, I love this because uh, their relationship yeah. has always been touch and go, but. The line that Hector Elizondo just puts on him of like why what he's doing with him and how much he cares is just ugh. Yeah. That'll get yeah. to you. It's good stuff. So yeah, I'm with you. It's like a it's like a three point two five if I'm che- cheating, you know, a three and a half if you're like a monk super fan, whatever, and you know, which I kinda am, so maybe I'm I'm pushing it probably past its point. But yeah, this is exactly what you want from a monk movie at this point in his life. So no complaints. Uh, check that out on Peacock right now if you're a subscriber. Um, Shane, anything else uh, before we get on out of here? I think we kind of covered uh, the gamut. We got some, what do we got coming up? You know, some things you're looking forward to, anything? I am. I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, and I'm going to go see The Iron Claw Thursday. Okay. I am so looking forward to that movie. I just, I'm bursting at the seams to see that movie. But I also, gonna dovetail that with aquaman somebody has to do it i don't have the kids this week i know i don't have the kids this week i got time so i'm gonna go like a thursday friday i also toyed around the idea of seeing the um uh what's that romantic comedy with the glenn powell yeah Um, that's this weekend too right anyone but you so aquaman and then anyone but you so i'm at least gonna see two out of the three but honestly i have time to go see three out of three so yeah i'm gonna try to make it happen but here's my game plan i'm gonna go get aquaman out of the way i'm gonna go finish that first because then i want to leave iron claw for the just for the crescendo the top of the triangle i don't want to end my viewing with fucking aquaman (laughs) so yeah i i don't blame you and obviously we're getting down to the end of the year here so i'm going to try to catch uh a lot of the oscar flicks uh including you know i i don't think iron claw is gonna make it but like uh i think american fictions out uh poor things is out uh you know there's a few other ones I almost was a, I, it. The schedule didn't work, but I almost got to see a sneak of uh, Boys in the Boat, uh, which is another movie I want to see for uh, that's directed by George Clooney. That's coming out over on on Christmas Day. So I think a lot of these, unfortunately for me, are going to be more next week than this week. But because uh, I have a lot of writing to do, unfortunately, so. We will see. We got a, uh, I don't know. Uh, we got the, obviously we'll do our best shows of the year episode like we always do. We got our favorite films of the year yep. episode. Um, and then probably a bunch of uh, pocket reviews for some of these movies that we're going to catch towards the end of the year to try to make sure our list is pure. Right, Shane? We want to have the, all <laughs> the best movies that we can catch. Uh, and we keep trying to hit a magic number. You and I, we kind of keep batting it around. We keep trying to get to 130. It seems to be the the money number that we get to every single year. I don't know if I'm going to hit it. It's a, We're a little late in the game. But, you know, I think that that week of uh, between Christmas and New Year's, I'm going to hammer out a lot. So I might just be a savage and, like, hit up so many movies that, you know, they'll be, like, you know, vacuuming crumbs out of my bed kind of a scenario, just trying to see so many and just be a sloth watching movies. So, 
<laughs> Good job by you, as always. Uh, we will get to those movies that uh, we're all going to try to desperately cram in before the end of the year to make sure our top five lists are perfection. So thank you for listening. Subscribe. Follow us. Do the whole thing at Recent Act Pod. And we'll see you next time on Recent Activity.